Well, I am going to have Jim and Lynn Price go ahead and come up here. I'm going to pray for them in just a moment. Uh, It really is a privilege to have them as our special speakers. They have been married 37 years, and so they have... 57, that's right. Sorry, sorry. That was way short, way short. 57 years. We got children, 50. Okay, okay, well, all right, yeah. Okay, 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 sorry about that. Um, They've been in at Living Waters 34 years. 37. 37 years. See, I was just, I had some numbers, they're all scribbled up against in in there. 57 years married, and so isn't it good to have wisdom teaching us today? And, and that's really a model. That's right. It's, it's really a model of Scripture, isn't it? And so we're so grateful for that. Uh, but they are faithful to the Lord, faithful to the body of Christ. We are uh, just so thankful, Lynn and Jim, how you've served us uh, over the years and in so many ways. Um, uh, they've served in the educational ministry here at Living Waters Christian School down at Cornerstone as well. And so we have not only thank you for us, but all the children and generations and the grandchildren that you've been teaching and imparting into, uh, even up to this day. And uh, we're so grateful for that. Um, Lynn has uh, been one that is, is, likes to pray the scriptures, and she's an organized type person. So she'll actually get these in scripture lists, prayer lists, promise lists. And if you go online... Uh, on our website, we have posted three of these right now, and uh, it's it's blessings over your marriage, prayers for your husbands, uh, prayers for moms to pray for your children, and it's all scripture based. and uh, And you can find those really easily. You just go to our website, uh, living waters.org, and then you go to media uh, tab. That's where the media tab is. That's what I was thinking about earlier, and uh, you'll see those uh, links to click on that, and you can open those up and use those in your devotional time. So uh, thank you, Lynn, for providing that for us. Uh, I've, I've read and listened to this message already, and there is something for everyone here, whether you're married or not, whether you're young married or middle-aged marriage or older marriage, there is lessons uh, through their journey that they have uh, learned from life and from the Lord and Scripture. And so there's something for everybody here. And, uh, and, and I'm just looking forward to it again. Let me pray over y'all. Father, we do um, humble ourselves and say, Lord, we want to learn uh, not only from Jim and Lynn, but Lord, we want to learn from your Holy Spirit. And we're asking that you uh, take what's said today in the scriptures that are, that are taught, Lord God, and you pick out the ones that we need today in our lives, in our relationships, in our homes, uh, and, and so, Father, we are dependent on your spirit speaking to each one of us. Lord, we ask that you use these two as they share their heart and life and you anoint them uh, as they share and deliver this message today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Stephen, for allowing us to share with our church family here at Living Waters and those of you who online. Uh, just what God has done in our marriage, in our lives, and uh, in our family. We, uh, he's, he's blessed us. He really has. Uh, we are also blessed to have family with us today. Uh, son Ryan Price and Heather, his wife. Uh, let's see, I won't try to go down the road. Well, we got Paige Price, 
their daughter, Jade Price, Kingston Price. And then we come down, we got Victoria Price with her husband, Hayden Huffman, and their two girls, Rylan and Halen. And we've got uh, Hayden's parents with us, Ron and Carrie Huffman. So we're blessed to have them here. <clears throat> you know, looking back on our marriage, and, and, and really this is, when Stephen asked us to do this, this has caused us really to look back on our marriage. And we see in our story how God's Word really has just, I mean, it's, it's really unbelievable how he has planned, you know, our marriage together of 50, 57 years. <laughs> I don't cook much anymore. Uh, but the other day I was looking up a recipe for cornbread in the air fryer, and this was what I found. <laughs> it was 15 pages of blog and reviews and comments and pictures and uh, and finally on page 12 was the recipe with the ingredients and um, the uh, directions. Well, uh, Jim and I have 18 pages of uh, blog and pictures and scriptures and uh, we even have an advertisement. But um, for those of you who would like to skip to the uh, to the recipe for a God-honoring marriage. Here it is. It's very simple. Honor and love. Romans 12.10 says, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Now, for those of you who like the details, and we know some of you do. <laughs> Don't you all leave, though, just because you know Romans 12.10. <laughs> uh my first text is Matthew nineteen four through 6. From the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no man separate them. For God has joined them together. The picture on your screen now is uh, my dad's driving, my mom and my sister are in the front seat. And I'm actually in the back seat. You can see my hand right beside my mother's shoulder, but uh, I am in there. That pretty much sums up what my family life was like early on. That's in the early 50s, I think. Uh, I was born and raised here in Shelby County, haven't gotten too far away. My father was a, a teacher and a farmer. My sister and I are seventh generation Prices in Kentucky. Uh, Prices moved into Mason County in the 1790s. Uh, we uh, attended church and Sunday school on a regular basis as a family. And my mom was a stay-at-home mother, except for one year when I was in the fourth grade, she taught our class. Uh, actually, there were 44 kids in that class, believe it or not. And uh, we uh, 
she had done it really because, as a favor to the the superintendent of schools. And our teacher died. This was about three weeks after school started. So she taught the whole, she had never taught before, and she taught the whole year. But Lynn, on the other hand. I'm from the Wild West. (laughs) This picture of my mother and father kind of sums up my home life. And um, I had 17 siblings, if you count all the full and the steps and the half-brothers and sisters that I had. I had three sets of grandparents. One grandfather was an Indian chief. One grandfather was a pool hall owner and gambler who bet his house on a Tulsa Oilers baseball game and lost. And another uh, grandfather had a mistress that was always at our family gatherings. We thought she was his secretary. But God, uh, in, in Psalm twenty-seven ten, even my father and mother, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will take care of me. The Lord used all the craziness in my family just to put in me a heart to desire a stable home life and family like the one Jim had. My first encounter with God was when I was about nine years old, and uh, my parents sent me to a Catholic school, and the nuns taught me the fear of the Lord. I wanted to pray. I'd go out behind the, the uh, garage, and I would uh, pray. The only prayer I knew was the Lord's Prayer, but I could say that about ten times in a minute. I could whip through it. And uh, one night, my sister pulled me back in from the upstairs bedroom window. I was crawling out the window saying, here I come, Lord. But when I was 15, I wanted to be baptized. And uh, I remember walking home from my baptism. I felt so clean and so pure. I knew that if I died, I would go to heaven. But having no root, um, I was like the seed that sprouted and quickly withered away. I didn't hear from the Lord again until I was 32 years old. When I was 13, the pastor of our church came into our Sunday school class and uh, asked if anybody wanted to be baptized and join the church, which he did about a month before Easter every year. Some of the kids said yes, they wanted to be baptized. uh, And really out of peer pressure, I said yes too. I, therefore, on uh, Sunday night, Easter Sunday night, 1955, I was baptized and joined the church. When I was about 16, I was attending a youth meeting one Sunday night. We were outside. I'd say there were at least 50 people there. Two of the youth were conducting the service, and I don't have a clue what they said that night, but God did something in me. He let me know that Jesus died for me. And I couldn't believe it. I I was overwhelmed. And could really, I'm serious, I could do nothing but cry. And that's not too cool a thing to do at 16. But that's all I could do. It was just overwhelming to me. And because of that experience, I thought, that no matter what I did, in God's eyes, I was okay. And that's not a true statement. But that's where I, that's what I believed. Jim and I met in my freshman year at the University of Kentucky, his sophomore year. 
on our first date, he kissed me on the nose. And I thought that was so sweet and so tender. But afterwards, I wondered if he missed. (laughs) No, I didn't miss. That was all part of my plan. (laughs) Uh, Lynn and I dated for a little over two years. And uh, we married on a hot, hot day. It was 118 degrees downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma. But, you know, we, uh, we were in love, <laughs> or so we thought, uh, and we, we did it anyway. I had flunked out of school. I didn't have a job. I had $300 in my pocket. That was a wedding gift. Uh, I had sold my beloved 1955 Chevrolet convertible, black with a white top and red interior. (laughs) Because Lynn couldn't drive a stick shift. But I'd bought a 1960 Impala uh, hardtop with add-on air which we needed out there that hot day in, in August of 1963. We uh, were living the dream, really. <laughs> and uh, we thought we were in love. Uh, that's where we, the way we started. We headed back to Kentucky, and I bought an 8-by-32 uh, house trailer. And with one of my dad's tractors, I pulled it, from Todd's Point, from those of you all around here, to our house and parked it right beside the driveway. We uh, bought a dog, a basset hound, and, and we started our uh, work on our marriage and the business of becoming one. This leads me to my next text, which is uh, Genesis 2.18 which says it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a companion to help him. Also, Ecclesiastes 9, 4, 9 through 12, said it is... I'll get my... I'm going to have to get a drink of water here. But anyway, uh, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. If they one of them fails, the other one can help him up. But woe to the one who is alone when he falls, for there is no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? The one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. You know, God has a different way of mathematics. We found that out when trying to teach. Uh, they've changed all the terminology of our math. And uh, But anyway, uh, when one, a husband, joins a wife, that ought to be one plus one equals two. But God's mathematics is not quite that right. There's a multiplication in there somewhere. And, and uh, the only way I could illustrate this is by a tennis player. 
A tennis player can return a serve with either their right hand or their left hand. But a few years back, a, a professional woman's tennis player started joining her hands together and using both hands to return serves, which she claimed gave her a lot more power, which I'm sure it did. And that's kind of the way it is with marriage. Another example is each one of us, the male and the female, come into a marriage with good points, strong, strong points, but they also have some weak points, strong and weak. But when they join together, the one over the strong points overshadow the weak points, and they become a strong, strong union. You know, even if we had done everything right, if we'd had money in the bank and Jim had a job waiting on him, but we didn't have God in our hearts and our home, we'd still be building our house on the sand, and the cracks would come. During the first 10 years of our marriage, we had three sons, Rob, Rick, and Ryan. I had five different jobs. We moved four different times. I did graduate from college. Uh, I built Lynn her dream home. That's the only way I got her out of the city, to the farm. I I began to milking cows, and the cracks began to show. My next text is Malachi 2.13 through 16 from the Message Bible. It says, You fill the place of worship with your whining and your sniveling because you don't get what you want from God. Do you know why? It's simple. Because God was there as a witness when you spoke your marriage vows to your young bride And now you've broken those vows, broken the faith bond with your vowed companion, your covenant wife. God, not you, made marriage. His spirit inhabits even the smallest detail of marriage. And what does he want from that marriage? Godly children from their union. So guard the spirit of marriage within you. Don't cheat on your spouse. I hate divorce, says the God of Israel. God of the angel armies says, I hate the violent dismembering of the one flesh of marriage. And that is a strong, strong statement. I hate, God says, the violent dismembering of the one flesh of marriage. So watch yourselves. Don't let your guard down. Don't cheat. God began getting our attention. Job says, But by means of their suffering, he rescues those who suffer, for he gets their attention through adversity. I remember one day standing in front of the mirror, and I just said, Lord, I give up. And I didn't know what to do. The cracks were beginning to get deeper and deeper. You know, it's like one day you wake up and you find out you've married your mother. You take more naps than the cat. Yeah, but I'm trying to get my beauty rest. Flush the toilet. I'm saving water. 
hand me that remote? Well, you don't know anything about machinery. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> I'm under the speed limit. <laughs> Millstone or milestone? As we were listening to the Lord and preparing for today, I heard those two words, millstone and milestone. Our marriage could have become a millstone, but God has intervened, as he does in many marriages, and he has put us on a path to milestone. Well, God had gotten our attention. I started watching the 700 Club, and Lynn tried to read her Bible. I think she started in Genesis. That wasn't necessarily good. But anyway, my sister and her husband had gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, they had given us a book, The Vision, by David Wilkerson. And in the back of that book was uh, a uh, sinner's prayer. They also invited us to go to a prayer meeting. And uh, at that prayer meeting, our lives were changed. That was July the 7th, 1975. At that prayer meeting, there were people that I had known all my life. I'd gone to school with, gone to Sunday school with, just known around Shelbyville. And they were talking to Jesus just like he was in the room with us. You know, they had a personal relationship. I I think I had a historical knowledge of Jesus Christ you know, even even with that experience that I had, but but this they what they had was a personal relationship, and they had something that I didn't have. I knew, and something that I wanted. So that night when we got home, uh, we knelt down beside our bed and prayed the sinner's prayer. I was sitting on a footstool that day or that night at the prayer meeting. And it was as if there was a shaft open to heaven. And I knew that God the Father knew my name. And it's, it's really personal to me that I knew that God the Father knew my name. Because I didn't know my birth father. When I was born, he was away in the war. And when he came back, my parents divorced. I saw him once when I was nine. And afterwards, uh, I asked Mama who that was. And she said, that was your father. I didn't see him or meet him until I was 50 when I reached out to him, and, and we established a good relationship until um, he, he passed away several years ago. But my fatherlessness has influenced and affected our marriage because many times I look at Jim as a man through the lens of my uh, failures of my father's. And uh, this, it's, while it's not a millstone, it, I, we're in the stepping stone stage, and I'm working on that. After Jim and I uh, prayed our sinner's prayer that night, I went and I got in bed, and I just tossed and turned all night, and singing in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. And I woke up the next morning, and I called Charlie. And I said, Charlie, I don't know what you've got, but I've got it too. <laughs> I didn't have the words, or the, vocab- the vocabulary, to say what had happened to me, but I knew that God had changed my life. The M in me turned upside down becomes the W in we. And did God ever begin to turn our lives upside down? You know, the first thing God began to deal with me about was tithing. And I was farming, milking cows, and I was handling a lot of money, but I wasn't making very much. 
And at this prayer meeting, uh, a pastor named Doc Shell from Graffenburg United Methodist Church came. He actually was the only pastor I knew at that time. So I contacted him and went and got his counsel on, on tithing. The next thing God began to deal with us about was getting out of debt. Now, I'd built Lynn's dream home uh, and got her out of Lexington to the farm. And But the only way I knew to get out of debt was sell out, okay? And uh, so over the next two-year period, uh, we began to sell uh, farm equipment, cows, ended up selling Lynn's house, and we moved to the tenant house on the farm. Believe it or not, this was not a millstone for me. Uh, we believed that we were doing what God wanted us to do. The outside was awful looking, but inside it was still just our family, and, and that was okay with me. Not a, not a millstone, a milestone. <laughs> God made husbands and wives to become one body and one spirit for his purpose so they would have children who would be true to God. And that goes back to uh, Malachi 2.15, which we've already talked about. Another scripture, Malachi 2.4, says, Turning the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. Uh, that That has really... That's, that verse has really mean a lot to us. We have really strived in our life to do that. I guess we'll find out for sure what happens later on. But uh, that, that has been our heart, to turn our hearts to our kids and their hearts to us. And uh, to the Lord. And to the Lord, yes. We uh, had a friend who had loaned us his 1976 Ford Club Wagon. And we went to the praise gathering in Indianapolis one year. And we really liked that van. And then we got to praying about what were family memories. And looking back at our on our lives, what were the times that we really felt, you know, close to our family and everything. And those we finally determined that those two times were when we were on vacation or traveling together. Therefore, we were going to travel together and go on vacation. We felt like we needed a van. <laughs> and uh, we prayed one night. And I, I could take you right to the spot. That, Lord, we, we want a van for your glory so that we can have these right relationships with our children and them with us. Thinking, we weren't specific when we prayed, but in our minds, we're thinking a Ford Club Wagon. Uh, God's sitting up there on his throne, and he's kind of laughing, I'm sure. He said, I'm going to answer those kids, uh, their prayer, but I'm going to answer it in a little different way than they're thinking. So, God allowed us to have a C30 Chevrolet one-ton step van, which was a furniture truck. <laughs> now you laugh, 
But really and truly, God knew what he was doing. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. We put about 75,000 miles on that van. I had fixed it up. We had bunks in it. They made into couches. Virtually every mile was paid for by someone else. Okay? So, I mean, God knew what he was doing. We couldn't have afforded <laughs> to go on vacations. But we uh, moved a family from Lexington to Phoenix, Arizona. Took some furniture on to California to my uncle. Picked up stuff in California, brought back to Shelbyville. We uh, made trips for Wakefield Scarce Galleries, hauling furniture. We've been to Alabama. We've been to Virginia. We've been to Texas, Oklahoma, Chicago, uh, North Carolina. Even went to Wattawa, Canada, taking a load of furniture for them. So God knew what he was doing, and uh, we did enjoy that van. Another thing, we, we were trying to think of family projects that we could do together. And uh, the boys did help me on the farm. They milked and uh, sometimes more than they wanted to, I'm sure. Isn't that right, Ryan? <laughs> uh, fed calves. But uh, they, uh, they also worked for the Ellis brothers, Mike, you know, Mike and his brothers, Bob and Jim. Uh, this gave the boys an opportunity to work away from me <laughs> and to earn some money. And, and that built character and a great work ethic, which they all still have. So we th- we're thankful for that. Another project we came up with, Dave, we've gotten ahead of you here, but uh, on the cucumbers, there you go, man. We, uh, Rick's got a... a pickle in his pocket <laughs> that's Rick they're all bent over we started raising cucumbers for Paramount uh, and uh, which was we didn't make much money but it was something that we could do together and we did as a family and we uh, later became known as the Price Paramount Pickle Pickers <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah 55, 11 and 13 says, It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and, I, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where briars grew, myrtles will sprout up. This miracle will bring great honor to the Lord's name. It will be an everlasting sign of his power and his love. From the very beginning, God gave me a love for his word and and just a uh, conviction and strong um, belief that uh, he was able to perform his word. God said it, and it happened. And and so I've always uh, loved his word and collected scriptures and, and scripture prayers for our family and for our children, for our marriage. And uh, Phillips made those available. Stevens made those available on the website. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to do was homeschool our boys. We felt that was the, the best way that we could shepherd their hearts. And so um, we really wanted to do it long before we actually made the big step. It was a big deal in those days. We were only one of three couples 
families that uh, were homeschooling that we knew of in Shelby County. Jim had to go to Frankfurt and get permission. Inspector had to come to the house. Uh, On the day that he showed up, Rick and Ryan had been wrestling and broken the bed. And so I shut the door and I said, don't make a sound. And the inspector came in, looked to see that we had an indoor toilet and a fire extinguisher and signed the papers and we we were good to go. It was also about this time that Mama came to live with us from Oklahoma. And um, during the five years that she was with us, uh, she came to know the Lord. And my one regret is that I I didn't really know how to care for her like I I wanted to. And I shout out to our friend Vicki LeMay, who helped us with Mama during those days. I taught school uh, for 25 years. Um, the year after we homeschooled, the leadership here at Living Waters opened up the Christian school, and they asked me if I would like to be a part of that. I'm thinking homeroom mother, and but my first year at Living Waters teaching, I taught the third grade, the fourth grade, the fifth grade, and the sixth grade. Uh, I spent um, the last three years teaching my granddaughter Jade. We, we were, we're not, I didn't teach her. We worked in homeschool <laughs> together, and we had a blast. Um, we would do geometry and Algebra 1 and Algebra 2. When we didn't know a problem, Jade would say, Nan, that's what your phone's for. <laughs> Until COVID, we worked, uh, still worked with our fourth grade class at, at Cornerstone, We would take them on their field trips, and we would take them on an overnight trip every year uh, around Kentucky, and and that we did that for the last 20 years. In the last 30 years, we've had them out to our house for Indian Day. And Jim and I still work at uh, Father's Love because we think it's important for these kids to see a husband and a wife, father and mother, working together. And so uh, that's just what's important to us. Our children are grown now, and they're having children, making us great-grandparents. Psalm 115, 13 to 14 says, He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. God has truly blessed us. Our sons, Rick and Heather. Rick uh, and Ryan. Well, I, I know. But I was going to mention Heather. Okay. Rick and Ryan. <laughs> Rick. I'm off script here. And, and <laughs> but Joe. I wanted to mention Heather. And uh, their family live on the farm. Rick and Jody and their family live on the farm. Rob has an ac- has acreage there. He could come and live on the farm. Victoria and Hayden live on the farm with their girls. And Brady and Ella are expecting, and they are building a house next to ours. So we're surrounded by family. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're retired. No, no, no. It, we can't retire. We've walked into a combat zone. You know, you think about John's uh, sermon last week, and I just think it just fits so well. You know, we wake up and we think, you know, the devil has been here and thrown and sown tares in our life. Who would believe that today we would even have a discussion about God made them male and female? You know, really, it's unreal. 
Who could have imagined even thinking about a polyamorous union? How is it that 60 plus million babies in the United States have been aborted on our watch? You know, we're seeing Martin Luther's fear come to pass in that our schools have become great gates of hell for not laboring to uh, engrave the Holy Scriptures in the hearts of our youth. There's no time to retire. You know, uh, these are the last days. And even if they weren't the last days, Lynn and I are in our late 70s, so it's our last days. You know, it's, we, we can't stop working because our redemption draweth nigh. You know, we need to keep our eyes on the eastern sky and our boots on the ground. 1 Corinthians seven twenty nine through 30 says, The time that remains is very short. So husbands should not let marriage be their major concern. Happiness or sadness or wealth should not keep anyone from doing God's work. I don't know if you all have heard, but in the last month or so, where there's a new phrase out. It says, I want to circle back. <laughs> you get that? You might not. I don't know. That's fine. It's fairly new. But anyway, I want to circle back to the beginning. Two are better than one, for they have a good reward for their labor. Lynn and I are so blessed that we have each other in these days. These birth pangs that are growing in intensity and frequency, Jesus told us about them. Uh, They've brought us closer together. We're spending more time together uh, in prayer and in reading our Bible, God's Word. Uh, We would hate to leave you with the impression that we have a perfect marriage. We don't. And uh, some days we have to choose to love each other. And some days we even do a better job of that than others. Uh, Ephesians 4, 2-3 says... Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Always keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit and bind yourselves together with peace. Before we close, I'd like to share this picture with you of my aunt and uncle Jane and Clay. Clay was a Marine on Iwo Jima. He was wounded on Iwo Jima, serving our country. But in his later years, he served Jane. The caption, who didn't know him anymore, the caption under the picture says, um, Janesy, will you give Clay a kiss? And she says, no, but I'll give you one. This picture is of my sister and her husband, Charlie. And... uh, Charlie, because of multiple sclerosis, has been confined to a motorized scooter since 1988. They've been married for 53 years. 
You know, there are many couples, many in this congregation, uh, that are really living epistles of their vows of marriage. But there's many in the body of Christ who are struggling in their relationships with one another. And I, I think of David's word in the Psalms and this prayer, Restore us, O Lord. Restore our fortunes as the streams in the desert. And I just pray for the dry places in our lives, in our marriage, that God would just by his word water that, uh, those places and, and bring forth fruit and life in our, in our marriages and our homes. Lamentations, yes. Or maybe you just need to refresh the button. Restore us, O Lord, and bring us back to you again. Give us back the joys we once had. You know, no matter where you are in your marriage journey, I think it helps sometimes to just to stand back and take a look at what is going on in our lives. Uh, many times the Lord has used music to minister healing, praise, peace to Lynn and myself through the years. We're going to play a song, and we really hope that this song brings us away from where we are right now and, and brings our focus onto the one who is worthy.
want to pray over our family relationships right now. And the one who is worthy, he's able with any broken relationship in your family to bring a restoration of healing in that in that relationship. And we're looking to the one who's worthy to be praised. He is the one who created marriage, the first relationship on earth among humans and therefore created family. And so, Lord Jesus, right now, I thank you that you are the one who created marriage and family. And so you can take those millstones that are trying to drag our marriage down, our families down, our grandchildren down. And Lord God, you are able to turn that around and make it a stepping stone to a beautiful milestone that will be a great testimony and marker of your glory, of your power, of your love, and of your restoring power. So Lord, right now, we look to you to help each one of us in that relationship each one of us, Lord God, and we pray for restoration, Lord. Humility with each other between husband and wife. Humility between each other. Humility between parent and child. Humility between grandchild and grandparent. Lord God, Father, in every one of these, Lord, we, we help us with humility to be the key, the starting point of restoration. Thank you, Lord God, that you are able to turn millstones into stepping stones. That, Lord God, we can glorify you. Lord, we totally are dependent upon you in our marriage, in our families. We know we cannot do it in our own strength. And so we humble ourselves and say, thank you for helping us. Thank you for restoring us. Thank you for turning it around. Lord, you give us hope again. You give us hope again. But this ironic blessing is out of Numbers when the priest would speak over the people of God. And our founding pastor, he would uh, he elaborate with it and give extra meaning. And so I want to speak this over us and our families today here and those online as well. So receive the blessing of our Almighty Father at this time. The Lord bless you and keep your marriage and your families. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you, husband and wife, and be gracious unto our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom, his eternal peace. Everything as it really ought to be, nothing missing, nothing broken. May you put your full weight down and rest in the hammock of his smile of approval of you. For in Christ Jesus, you are approved. May you walk under the warmth of his presence and hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You are blessed in order to be a blessing. Lord, we receive your shalom, your peace in every relationship. 
Lord God, as we continue to trust you in our marriage and family. It's fine too. Thank you, Father, for providing all that we need into this week. We pray for protection for those on the roads today and into this week, Lord God, with the weather coming up. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that the beauty of winter, Lord God, reminds us of your cleansing power of your blood, that you are the one that makes us whole and makes us clean. And we thank you for that. Amen. You are blessed to have a great week. Be safe.